Hello and welcome to Mind Your Own Retirement, episode number six. And it's great to have your company from yourlifechoices.com.au, Simplifying Retirement. We have the publisher of Sid Magazine, Kay Fullock, with me. And hello, Kay. Hello, Dixie. Well, it's great to have episode number six or number six coming up for our <laughs> friends in New Zealand and other places um, for Mind Your Own Retirement. And we have a very, very important subject to talk about for our entire podcast this time. So we've dumped the format because we think this topic is the single most important topic for older Australians. And the topic is? Sex. Right, let's talk about it. Sex, episode six. Episode six, talking about sex. So uh, how, how, are we going to, uh, how are we going to approach this? Because it's such a, a wide-ranging uh, uh, subject, especially for older Australians. When we were kids, we don't like to think of our parents having sex. No, we don't. Um, as we get older, we don't like to think of our grandparents having sex. Or our grandkids. Or our grandkids <laughs> having sex. But we don't certainly, like to think about it's harder, it. It's harder for the kids to think about um, us oldies uh, yes. actually having an intimate relationship. Correct. And, and, I, and there's just such a wide-ranging subject. I believe we have Janelle Ward, the digital newsroom editor from Your Life Choices, on the line now. Hello, Janelle. Hello, Kate. Hello, Janelle. And here we are, episode six. And love that. We'll she be... keeps she keeps using that. You know, <laughs> I honestly, know. like, well, okay, we we get it, Kay. I still <laughs> find it funny, which is perhaps pointing it's to something to something yes, childish yeah. in my head. I love it. Here's the thing, Janelle. You and I are both aware that about a week or so ago a lady was uh, forced to take the NDIS to the courts because she was older, she was disabled. Just just the NDIS is the? Oh, the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Um, So she was looking for money to support a sex therapist for her needs, as she should. She was knocked back, so she took the NDIS to the courts and she had a win. And, of course, the, the language was... Of course she should have access to a sex therapist. It is a basic human need at any age. And that was something that I think you absolutely had in mind when you came up with the sex poll. Absolutely. Can I just ask the question, what was the basis on the uh, NDIS knocking back? this? Late? How old was she? Oh, look, guessing she was late 60s. So what was their rationale? Their rationale, I believe, was they felt it was not necessary. Oh, yeah. that is... Yeah. <laughs> red, yeah. red, double. Anyway, getting back to Janelle's sex poll. So well, that gives us a news flash, doesn't it? That we don't... Um, our sexual desires don't flag when we hit 50, 60, 70 or 80. I mean, they're still there. And was that why you chose to run the poll? Because that's it's an interesting thing... This poll predates that court finding. What were you thinking, Janelle? <laughs> it's sort of like a, a almost a, oh, don't want to go there subject. Like, do old people really have sex? It's, and, and I think we tend to perhaps look at our adult lives when we had older parents and I've got older children and they sort of say, oh, you know, keep it clean, mums, that sort of thing. <laughs> so it's, we just need to get it out there that... By doing a poll, we can show very clearly what older people think about sex, what age people are actively engaging in sex, and that does not obviously 
just mean intercourse, but just get the facts and figures out there. Intimacy versus intercourse. Now, what I loved, the hottest finding I saw, and then straight over to you for for your favourites or what you think is most notable, but seven in ten of Your Life Choices members believe at their age, whatever it is, they're still hot. That's exactly right. And isn't that marvellous? Brilliant. I think that is just a real glass half full attitude and so should they? A body that is 70 or 80, why can't it still be hot? Why can't other people consider that person to be still a very attractive person? How about Helen Mirren in a bikini? She's the hottest chick on the block or Tina Turner's legs. I mean, it's doable. Brilliant. (laughs) What were some of the other results you found in your poll? What do people find most attractive? Um, Top top of that was sense of humour, kindness, good talker and listener and positive attitude. Um, The unattractives were, conversely, negativity um, and some obvious things like personal odour, bad teeth, but um, bad attitude, just people who've given up on life, those glass-half-empty people that you just don't want to be around. So there's hope for everybody. It's interesting, isn't it? And this is something I think younger people struggle with as well. You actually don't have to be the most technically beautiful person in the room to turn people on. No, no. And and it's about, um, uh, I feel so sorry for so many of the uh, elderly uh, who have lost partners and who are Mm. desperately missing the intimacy of a one-on-one relationship. Yeah, and that came out in the poll too. I mean, that was one of the higher, you know, if, you don't, if you're not having sex regularly, what, why not? And it's because, you know, they've lost their partner and, you know, anecdotally they've also lost their confidence to go out and find a partner and they don't want to use um, dating apps. We asked the question about dating apps and they weren't keen to use dating apps. So it just... Yeah, and and can't. also they say, well, that's the that's my part of the, that part of my life is now gone. Mm. I will yeah. no longer visit it, so they don't even open yeah. with the opportunity to re-enter that world. No. But we also ask them whether they masturbate, which is you know sometimes can be a confronting thing. And fifty six fifty six percent said they did. They were very upfront about declaring um, declaring that. So there was still enjoyment to be had. How many people were surveyed? Uh, we had 12, 1,243 respondents, which, mm-hmm. is, which is a really good gauge. How did uh, your poll with Your Life Choices uh, mesh with others uh, that have been done? Um, I don't know that I've the read too many others, no. And look, I really stand by ours because so many other surveys don't get the buy-in that ours do. We just get a really good number of respondents so you can yeah. get a yeah get a really good gauge and i think also janelle we're we're really trying to dig deeper and deeper and deeper into people's experiences but also to give older people a voice and to to hark back to john's comment to give them visibility um i mean we really do care and i think we are trying to say we care about how you feel. We won't write glib rubbish about no. what older people think. Mm. We will base our articles on what you tell us. And and another interesting point perhaps is 
um, what are the biggest hindrances to having sex. So I note no partner, but there are a couple of other aspects there. Apart from, you know, the unattractive, the no partner, um, diminished libido was, that that was the top of, of one of the questions, the main problem that might prevent you having sex. So diminished libido was 21% and erectile dysfunction was 18%. So that is obviously an issue that Viagra hasn't yet totally resolved. Janelle, what feedback have you had from the medical profession, if any? Um, obviously some medicos are going to be more sympathetic and others are going to take uh, the ridiculous and archaic view of, look, at your age, really, it matters? Well, I think that is it, that's part of our poll, to get that message out there to help educate the medicos. It can only help because they will only see people on a personal basis, but if they see a, a wave of opinion that I'm 80 and I still look forward to having sex and that is repeated over and over again, then they have to sit up and take notice and not just wave people off. And there's something else there too that we've seen research over the years that in terms of surgery, sometimes prostate surgery, people are a bit Mm. quick to leap in and, and make that conclusion and that men suffer unnecessarily, not specifically from the surgery, but from the after effects, and it's killed their sex life. That's one piece, and that's sort of a, that's a big question, I think, for the medical community. But the the other piece in here, and I believe we're talking to Leon shortly, is it's not just about intercourse. No, no. And. And that's huge. We did ask, does sex need to involve intercourse? 71% said no. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there you are. That's, uh, that's fairly, um, it's overwhelming. Where, where does an 80 year old go, or a 60 year old, or a 70 year old go to discuss these issues, Janelle? Maybe they should go to the men's shed or the equivalent women's, <laughs> women's shed because they'll probably get more reassurance and real views from talking to people. Um, in their own cohort than from talking to medical profession, I think, at this point in time. I think that's fair. And I think another aspect here is as we get older, sometimes we've had conditions or have conditions, and one being cancer, Mm. um, and medications are needed. And sometimes the effective medications can be to suppress um, libido and and Mm. body function if we say, I mean, how moist a female is. And there's a lot of aspects in here which in the comfort of your back room having a wine with a friend, you can learn from other people what was their experience and what might you do and is there a cure? I am a glass half full. I think there's always something some of us can do about something. So it's good. It's good to open up the conversation. But you've got to wonder. You've got yeah, to want to. You've got to and, want to. And are women probably far more adept at doing that than men? Yeah, oh, of course they are. Do men, do men, they wouldn't fess up to erectile dysfunction. They'd rather talk about the footy, wouldn't they? Am I being very sexist? Um, <laughs> look, you're probably right. I mean, I'm, I'm a bad example because, as Kay knows, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very shy and wouldn't come forward with <laughs> talk the Talk about anything. <laughs> talk about anything. But um, I, I think, you, you think you're right, but... Um, 
if partners can have an open and honest discussion with themselves mm. uh, together about it and if they do go to a medico to begin the discussion and they're not happy with the results or the discussion that's being had by the medico, they need to go to somebody else. Yes. Does yourlifechoices.com.au offer any advice, practical advice, to uh, people of a certain age? who uh, would like to continue to pursue a sexual or begin or re reinvigorate their sexual life. Well, I believe... Which doesn't mean just intercourse. I believe Leon is standing by with his six top tips. And this week, not about travel. No, no. Our travel editor is off Multi-skilled. <laughs> he's he's multi-skilled. Welcome to you, sir. And how are you, John? I'm doing very well, thank you. And uh, how's your sex life? Uh, it's private. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, thank no, you very much. I can, I can actually say, uh, I, I made a joke during the week that I, I slept with someone for the first time in two years the other day. Um, and that's because I finally got my bed back from my two-year-old daughter. <laughs> now, there's a whole other subject. I know. Talking about uh, the problems. Oh, dearie me. Mate, um, thank you so much for uh, for joining us from uh, Your Life Choices. And normally, we would be talking to you about travel, but I believe you has, have uh, some uh, hot tips. Uh, Janelle, we've been speaking to about her sex poll, and what do you bring to the table? Uh, well, yeah, usually talk about travel, but this is a different kind of journey, I suppose. Um, I've got a few uh, sex tips, but they're more sex secrets for long-term couples, the things that keep sort of long-term couples in check and, and together and happy and satisfied, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, I suppose the first one would be one that's quite obvious, but is also easily overlooked, and that's affection. I'm guilty of giving the odd uh, bum pinch, but uh, every and it never sort of seems to be <laughs> received very well. But any time I give a nice hug and just a gentle kiss and um, just a nice little, you know, a, a hold, a squeeze, uh, it always gets a fantastic response, and that's one that I think I would just share with everyone. Go, go for the affection. Uh, yes, and of, and it it is comes in many many forms, it does, and yeah. uh, it is it is absolutely crucial. Um, the second one is. I suppose if you don't ask, it won't happen. A lot of people sort of just suffer in silence and, and you know, complain that they're not getting enough. Don't instigate. That's right. Just have a chat about it. Um, maybe maybe talk about it and sort of say, hey, you know, this is what I'd like and what would you like and let's, let's open the conversation. Uh, again, conversation can lead to, you know, more fun down the track. Yeah, Leon, sure. why do you think, if, for people who have been married 20 years, 30 years or more, why do you think they find it difficult to actually have that conversation? Mm. And, you know, they've been in the same bed for decades. Mm. What? Why are we still embarrassed? What's going on? We're embarrassed about talking about it. Do you know why I think? Why? Because we're not supposed to be together for 30 years. Is that right? I don't think that... Is that um, a bad idea? I, I think it's a great <laughs> idea if it works for people, but I don't think necessarily that, um, that human beings were meant to uh, be together uh, like magpies, right. gay pies, uh, you know, from, from birth to death. Whole other discussion... Open Whoa. to it, but you know what Whoa. I'm. You know what I'm saying. We could do a debate where you could be on the be together for ten minutes, and I could be on. I the... mean, I'm not saying it's wrong at all. I think no, it's no. wonderful. I know. If I it know. is, but I know. Uh, you're not saying. How it's... do you get over the stale? Uh, just um, 
sorry, I'm still I'm still sort of reeling over the fact that you somehow managed to sneak the word magpies into that. It's black and white in here, oh, baby. I know, I <laughs> Look, I think uh, potentially, you know, years of repetition, lack of variety. It, it's sort of maybe it stifles the imagination a little bit, and uh, it's the I same playlist. The other, yeah, the same playlist, and <laughs> so it becomes again. routine, and and things are taken for granted, and then. Mm. When, when you're in a new relationship, everything's new and everything's exciting and, and nothing really seems taboo. But over the years, there's the, uh, I suppose there's a bit of the, um, oh, don't do that. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, and, and, and it's like touching the snail on their, on their little eyes and, the, and, the, and gradually the little eye pulls back into the head and, and probably after 30, 40 years, doesn't really feel confident in coming back out. Well, you know, these tips should sort of hopefully encourage those little 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 eyes to come back out. So can we get jump, them back in the game? Can we jump into variety being mm. the spice of life? What's the tip there? Well, you know, I think again we're coming back to breaking that that repetition and the lack of variety. You know what? Get your partner and go into a, an adult shop and go and have a look at all the the sexy toys and the little bits and pieces. You, you might think that you'd be embarrassed by that, but you know what? These places have seen it all, yeah. and it, it can be a lot of fun. You go in there, and, and you can go in and have a laugh, and having a laugh will open you up to maybe some uh, different experiences. Maybe, you know, you can both agree on, oh, let's give that a go. And, and if you go Saturday morning, they have a sausage sizzle. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which sex is, shop you're going to. Are the toys outside yeah, or in? Is, is that Bunnings or is it? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> go to the Makita area. Ah, there you go. Is this, yeah, is this rotary led? Different, <laughs> different type of power tools, I think, John. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, um, places like Sexyland, etc. I mean, they're they're huge. So apparently. they're huge, and they're a lot of fun. <laughs> and they, um, they are mention my name for a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the senior discount. You'll get the Dixie the discount. The Dixie discount. Dixie, yeah. <laughs> so, Leon, I think this is off-piste again, so I'm dragging it back like a school mother here. Um, okay, create the mood for love. So I'll throw out there that it is commonly understood by women that a woman's erogenous zone is her brain, is her mind. So you're saying create a mood for love. I've set up the challenge. What's the mood? Uh, certainly not going straight in for the butt squeeze. Um, I think the mood, look, the, starts with conversation. Should always start with conversation. Um, and again, about the butt squeeze. Well, it could be. I mean, <laughs> I think the, the creating the mood is, you know, setting the ambience. Um, you know, not let's not start the sex conversation in a busy airport lounge. <laughs> Travel <laughs> gag. Um, but, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, that might come back into changing things up. With the, Depends the where variety, you're going, pal. The variety side of things, yeah. Depends which class, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Um, women, according to multiple internet studies, women love a man who's generous, a good kisser, got a good sense of humour. Um, you know, chivalry's not dead, hopefully. Mm. They love someone who's chivalrous and polite and, and, and has good grooming and, and um, you know, fashion sense. So... I think that's where you start. You create the mood by sort of making yourself as appealing as possible. Can I share a David Fallick sexy tip? It's Ooh, a winner. I'm looking forward to hearing this too, yeah. Friday night, long week at work. David Fallick turns to me and says, Darling, you shouldn't cook. Let's get takeaway. Mm. Why my, not? my heart <laughs> and, <laughs> skips a beat. Does that include, does that include drive-through? 
Does he upsize to <laughs> a family? The, that's the end. That's the end the of the story. No, it's it's being generous and it's being thoughtful. Um, yeah. Wine, flowers. Nobody yep. said flowers. Uh, candlelight is not a maybe. Candlelight is is a necessary. The whole lot. Take your time. You should know after a long time the little little things that your your partner likes, um, be it chocolates, be it their favourite favourite album, their their favourite sort of music. And, you know, these are just all little ways that you can, you know, crack through the armour and It's and an investment, sort of, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just take notice and if you've forgotten, try and remember. I think too, going back to what Kay said before with takeaway, you know, you can theme a night. Let's go to Greece. Get takeaway food. Put yeah. on some Greek music. Yeah. Maybe maybe unbutton smash, your shirt. Four, smash four buttons plates. And... You're listening to that, uh, David, instead of... Uh, Surely know, Valentine. Instead of... Uh, <laughs> go <laughs> Greek. Instead of Mrs. F uh, throwing the plates at you, you could smash a few plates. Mm, Mate, thank yeah. you so much indeed for giving up your time today. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me. Folks, I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, this is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pension payments and supplements. It's very well priced at just $29.95 per year. Visit pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now we have Susan on the line, and because John doesn't know Susan, here's a short intro. Mm. She's a very valued Your Life Choices member. We call her Cha-Cha in the office. Mm. That's her nickname for us, or our nickname for her, rather. And Susan did something pretty special. She wrote this amazing short story about... Susan, I'm going to describe it, but I think we're we're inviting you to to put us on track and tell us what it really was about. I'm saying it was an unexpected sexual encounter. Yes, it was. And what made you write this story? And can you just briefly tell us what happens in the story? Well, I describe um, my experience, which happened over the course of a year, and um, I was completely out of my comfort zone because I hadn't had a partner for a very long time and I'd just closed up and this person that I'd known for perhaps six years just chatted with and always laughed with we always laughed it was just part of our communication and um, one day he leaned over and kissed me on the mouth well it totally threw me and I felt I felt here I am at 73 I can't even cope with a kiss. So that's what started my story. I mean, I, I just find that beautiful. Like, And John's just gone into dreamland now. But I, <laughs> when when you said you couldn't cope, I'm kind of feeling like my teenage self yes. because the excitement. It was exciting. It was around about the time of Harvey... You know, what's his name? Oh, Weinstein. Oh, wow. Part of me is thinking, this man's out of touch. Right. And the other part was thinking, oh, my God, that was very nice. Yeah, but he wasn't exactly a guy on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I take it, you know, you'd, you'd been well, pals for a long time. On the bus either. <laughs> hmm. No, no, that's true. You know, I did know something about him. 
So did, um, did you return the kiss? Um, I don't. I think I was neutral. So but he I didn't, came I back didn't for slap more? his face. So he came back for another one some weeks later. <laughs> some weeks later. <laughs> Time waits for no but, man. But John, John, it gets better. Right. Well, sorry, continue with your Susan, story, Chacha. Susan, tell us just a little more, because John's oh, not... This is, he I'm, bad, I'm blushing on the phone. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful story. Do you want me to help, or...? Uh, yes, no, no, well, I want to hear it from her. <laughs> I think you'd better give him a copy of the, the story. Oh, don't you worry about that. <laughs> and and he, he went away for a while, and I hadn't seen him for a couple of months, and, and when he came back, he ran into me in the hallway and said... Um, you know I want you, don't you? Oh, I love that. And and I thought, oh, my, I went weak in the knees. And um, so I offered him a cup of coffee and it became more. And it was one of the funniest experiences I've ever had. <laughs> I had to write about it because I was brought up a nice girl. You don't do those sort of things. And I'd been in a very difficult marriage and I didn't want to repeat any anything um, casual or permanent or any relationship, really, that would um, have those overtones. Um, but it didn't. We, um, we've become good friends. <laughs> not, not a relationship, but really good friends. And that's not something I would have done 20 years ago. Why now? I, I can't tell you now, except I had to write about it to find out how I felt, and I found that the old mores that I had been brought up with, I was brought up in a sect and, you know, sex was a sin. And my mother said anyone who did it over 50 was disgusting. Oh, all, all those sorts of things. And I just don't feel like that. And he was so sweet and made me laugh so much that I, I just thought there can't be all this tension that there's been around sex, especially with old people. We can still do it. It may not be quite the same as um, we would have had we been younger, but you know, people find ways of managing. And I mean, he's got dicky knees, I've got a dicky back, so you know, you take care oh, of these things. Dicky's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you don't swing from the chandeliers. Uh, well, you know, metaphorically it's... speaking, you can. You, you, you can. Um, the interesting thing I think you're alluding to here is the damage that can be done to all of us by upbringing, by parental um, misunderstanding. Institute, yeah. Yep. Institutions. Institutions. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think it has done a lot of damage and they, they squeezed all the joy and the fun mm. from us. Yeah. And... Um, but but your story is showing the damage can be undone. Yes. That's what I'm hearing yes, come it out can. here. And it can, and I think if you, if you are careful, and as John said, don't pick up somebody on the bus. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a killjoy, honestly, Susan, really. He oh, needs yeah. re-educating. No imagination. <laughs> no, and you're none. just the woman to do it. <laughs> So are you still in a relationship with this man? Or? Yes, in a sort of an informal um, sense. Um, honesty is the uh, best policy, we, we think. Are you saying but he's a friend with benefits, you modern child, <laughs> yes, you? Yes, Goodness gracious is, me. Actually. There you are, friend with benefits. That's, that's what a, the young that's ones say. That's a cool phrase. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It is a cool phrase and it, and, uh, it, works, it works quite well. Good. 
How, how have you felt about your your life, your world? Does you know? Does this, does the sun shine brighter? Do the birds sing louder? Do the do, you know yeah. flowers smell better? <laughs> do you know that afterwards I I felt lighter, and I found people in shops smiled at me. Um, people in the street smiled at me. I wasn't smiling, but they were. They were picking up some sort of vibe from me because I was feeling so good. I reckon you were grinning, and they were <laughs> grinning back. And it just shows you how incredibly important. Um, that aspect in life is, and and, oh, and oh, obviously it it's easy for us to say if we're in relationships and those who aren't because of whatever reason, um, it, it we, we sort of feel for those or I don't feel for those. What are the words I'm looking for? But well, you empathise, you empathise, and you think to yourself, oh gosh, that must be tough. But uh, what I'm really interested in is the fact that for the over 60 age group, 25% of people are living in single households. That's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a big and deal. I, loneliness is, is a big thing. But I'll tell you something I discovered with all this. Because I thought when I took the plunge, I thought I have a strong feeling I want to learn something. Not just, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But... Um, uh, I learned that I am a passionate person and it's okay. But I wish that there was some way of getting men, particularly that generation, to stop their chest beating and drop their pride, teach their sons how to treat their women well. Now, I read an article by a Dr. Helen O'Connell and it's called something about being cliterate. And she has done a huge amount of research on this area, and um, if men knew more about that, I think there would be so much less trouble. And when I gave it to my friend, I could see him spooling back over the years, thinking, oh, my God, I had no idea. And I think that uh, a whole lot of men would find that too. Your story is in uh, yourlifechoices.com.au, correct, Kay? It is. So if people come in through the podcast page, we we will be putting Susan's story back up. Oh, great. Um, because it's beautifully written and it... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really feel-good story, I think. More power to you, Susan. Thank you very much, John. Take care. Thank, Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Love the podcast. How wonderful uh, the, the strength of her to be able to come forward and to be able to um, tell the story. Yeah. She she came in, she offered it to our editor who shared it with me and yeah. said, can we publish it? And I said, why wouldn't we? Exactly. Um, and, you know, that was a conversation we often have, but it wasn't necessary. It's a beautiful story. It's been exceptionally well received. I love the fact Susan's prepared to talk about this in, right. in the detail we all need to better understand. Go to yourlifechoices.com.au to read that story and uh, find out so much more. Now you have a nugget to leave us with. I do, John. It's The question is, what is the most popular Aussie sex toy? There is a hint. This was reported in May, which is apparently Masturbation Month. Mm-hmm. And it was reported by Women's Health. Please guess very quickly what is the popular one. And what's up, Doc? (laughs) 
It is. It's the rabbit, um, which is a vibrator, and uh, it's more than a vibrator. Apparently, because it's got lots of things happening and levers and so on. Oh, it has got levers. Oh, mate, it has. Hey, look at that. Let's hear in your, your handbag. It hasn't got levers. It's pink and it's there. So if you're uh, wanting to spice up your sex life, go find a rabbit. Uh, yes, not not a rabbit, but <laughs> find a uh, go to your local sex shop and uh, have a look at the rabbit. At have least. a look at the rabbit. Thank you so much, Kay. We'll be joining you for episode seven. We will coming up very soon. Mind your own retirement is what you've been listening to from yourlifechoices.com.au. Kay Fallick, the publisher. Me, John Deeks, back with more next time. See you then. <laughs>